So how down bad are you? Like, how down bad are you? I'm down bad, man. I'm down bad. <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a minute. When was the last time? I don't remember. I generally don't remember. Not that long ago, but long enough. Because all I remember was what well, last month or two months ago, you would send me text saying, "Dude, I, there's this one chick behind the bar. I need, I need." <laughs> I would get those texts probably every other night. I would just be like, "Dude, you can easily do it, though." I did. I would always. <laughs> that was the thing. I would. But the worst part, it was like in every night to every other night occasion, I get those texts. It was usually the same bartender too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you you have crises, and you're just kind of like, bro. There's this one girl. I I I asked her out. She said yes, and it all just that it wasn't working. I'm like, bro, relax. I remember that. Just trying to make shit. I'm just trying to make it work. You know, we're we're living. <laughs> we're, we're vibing. All right, everybody. Welcome to the boys of Seven One Eight. Uh, it's Matt. We got Mitch. We got Ethan. Frankie is not rocking with us today. Frankie is on his way back to Brooklyn, so he's not rocking with us. John doesn't feel like showing up ever. And we got a special guest this week, Dom Sacco. Everybody, welcome Dom. Give him a nice little round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I wasn't sure if you were there. You still have the I'm away coffee. Yeah, bottles. none of us were really sure. I think <laughs> we were... <laughs> that was going to be a hit or miss if Dom was going to answer on that. Oh, he's laughing. Dom doesn't have any of... Uh, video with us today so he's just sending emojis to show his his emotions for us so how you doing man but um yeah let's start off with uh well dom get a little background about yourself tell people yeah. who you are where you're from all that yeah thanks for having me boys it's good to see some familiar faces i remember when you guys are can you swear on here or, or... You, I yeah, remember nobody, you guys were fucking. We don't fucking care. Whatever you want. 10, 11, 12 years old, running around aviator, and it's weird seeing <laughs> you guys in college and all that shit. But, but yeah, background. Uh, you know, born and raised in Brooklyn. Um, was a roller hockey guy growing up, and uh, my brother, my older brother Rob, about six years older than me. Uh, him and my dad went everywhere: Staten Island, Jersey, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Boston, wherever the fuck and a hockey rink is in the East Coast, and followed them and then uh, eventually you know started playing myself what um what are some of your like favorite memories growing up playing in brooklyn uh i mean there's always somewhere to play roller hockey for sure uh but uh you know playing roller hockey with my brother and my dad and the handball courts you know after school until the sun goes down uh uh, meeting the people in Brooklyn because, you know, hockey in Brooklyn, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, like even when I was a kid, it wasn't that big. You know, th that's like 20 I never years noticed. Ago. About 20 years ago, there was no there was no hockey here. And, you know, we were very lucky that we were able to scrape a, f scrape a few guys around the neighborhoods and, and shit and help it grow a little bit and seeing you guys, how you guys grew up in it. I think it's pretty cool. So hockey's it's been good in Brooklyn. It's been better. I do give your dad a lot of credit for that. He definitely helped me and Mitch growing up playing hockey. Yeah. He, he, de he definitely took a lot of time out of his personal life to help me and Matt for sure. Try, just trying to get somewhere with, with hockey. Dude, well, I can't, I can't uh, like meet a kid around your guys' age, like the 16, 17, 18 year olds, even the ones in college. 
every single one of them comes up to me from any organization. They're like, yeah, your dad coached me at some point. I'm like, oh, okay. What's your name? <laughs> you tell me a name. I'd be like, I have no clue who you are, but I'm sure we coached you at some point. So at those are, it's always pretty cool. There was two kids I'm trying to recruit right now for my junior team who I, like grew up in Brooklyn and I asked them where they played. They said Aviator. I was like, who's your coach? He was like, oh, John Sacco. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's, Dom, your dad's coach just about everyone on in America right now. It's bizarre, so. man. It's actually bizarre at this point. What's cool is he started, like, treating you like a junior player at such a young age. Like, he coached my peewee team like a junior <laughs> I hope that's a good thing. It, it, yeah, like, you know, it definitely made me tougher growing up. Like, I, I, I was less desensitized to coaches yelling at me. Yeah, and that that's another thing with like kids from Brooklyn. You know, I like I'm you know obviously we're biased, and you know I think Brooklyn kids are a little bit tougher than you know a lot of other states, a lot of other counties. So I mean that helps. Yeah, definitely. Like one of the first times I ever skated with your dad, it was I helped I was helping with like a 14U B practice, and he would he would skate them the way that we got skated in juniors, and I would. I was just down like, coach, they're they're literally dying. Like they're throwing up right now. He goes, Yeah, so your point. <laughs> yeah, that's how it always is. <laughs> those six those six AMs really get to you eventually. So Yeah, well look where I got you. Yeah, that that, that is very true. Now so, in college hockey, you definitely had a nice college career, Dom. You want to tell everybody a little bit about that? And about your junior experience? Yeah, so uh, junior, I played, it felt like 10 years of junior, but I played, uh, I started when I was 15 for the first ever uh, aviator junior team in the IJHL, which no longer exists, and it was an absolute jungle. You, you know you're old when you start saying leagues that no longer exist. Dude, there's, there's what buildings. Were the, the Metro Moose in that division? <laughs> no, they were in the... They were in the Met. They were in the Empire. They were in the – I don't even – there's like five other leagues the Moose were in. but All, all five don't <laughs> exist anymore. Yeah. And on, the NA3A. The NA3A, <laughs> BG, HL. Can, can we but, just, like, start, like, lowering the letters on these junior leagues? They're getting too many at this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, when, when I was younger, there was two leagues here. It was the EJ and the AJ, and that was it. And it was pretty simple, but – when the USPHL like formed, there's like different divisions, like different league names and leagues under that league and league under that league. So it got watered down after a little while. So you played for the first ever IJHL New York Aviators. How'd that yeah. go? <laughs> yeah. It was an experience for sure. <laughs> uh, you know, I think half the team was 15 year olds and we we're playing against, you know, 20 bombs the whole season it was definitely a real learning curve you know going into a corner with a guy that's got a full beard and maybe a kid at home and <laughs> you're worried about english class on monday so it definitely was an experience uh you know played that for a year under my dad and then uh i went to the ushl when i was 16 and it was more of the same there uh you know i i sound like an old guy when i say when i played juniors back then it's a lot different than it was now. So, yeah. so did you get drafted to the USHL or were you just signed as a free agent? 
Uh, it was it was kind of funny. You know, I, I tried out for the Green Bay Gamblers when I was 15 and I got I got snipped and I went to another camp and, you know, they didn't even look at me. And at that point, I was like, I'm just going to play for the moose back home. And uh, my dad calls and goes, hey, there's a prospect camp in Westchester. Like we we should definitely go I'm like that. I don't want to go like I got snipped twice. I don't, I'm just going to play home for the for the year and we went up there anyway he convinced me to and it wasn't like you know a junior team's camp like if you play well you make the team it wasn't like that if you played well they considered drafting you mm-hmm. and I, I we went up there i was 16 i thought i played okay played pretty well didn't hear anything back until uh that happened in the summer of 2011 and uh january 2012 i haven't heard anything from these guys never spoke to them just went to their prospect camp they called me in january they're like yeah we we want you to come down i'm like all right i packed up you know as much as i could and and left home and that was uh that was an experience itself but you want me to keep going on the junior career or because there's way too much to talk about i don't know how much you guys want to hear about this i mean you could go as as long as you want if anybody's listening that wants to get into juniors (laughs) Here's the stories of the do's and the don'ts, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, all, all, all five of our listeners. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll, 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 I'll defer to my opinion on juniors. Um, you know, I got, I, I had a weird situation. I was lucky uh, at the same time, but with juniors, I think the biggest thing, especially being around junior players every summer now uh, here in Brooklyn, is. Uh, there's not a lot of there, there's a lot of like hey like I want to do this I want to do that I want to go to this school I want to commit to you know this school and and study this it's there's a lot of that but there isn't a lot of knowledge after that you know when kids are starting to play and they're it's starting to get closer to the end of their season you ask them about it you know a lot of these kids they don't have any knowledge of what they're doing so you know one big piece of advice if anyone's listening is make sure you have a pretty good plan mapped out. You know, it's, it's not a good idea to wing it. Cause if you wing it, you end up, you know, your thumb up your ass at the end of your junior career, wondering where I'm going to go to school. So. And just, uh, uh, honestly, be cognizant. obviously I coached tier three hockey. You played at all three levels. Do you think I, obviously there's a skill difference. There's a difference in playing it, but do you think there's should be a deterrent for guys trying to not go tier three because they don't think it's worth it i mean it depends you know i i don't like to you know tell people exactly what to do but it's you know it, it varies from case to case you know from our experiences from my dad's experiences where you know a guy like mitch who we who basically became part of our family a couple you know a long time ago you know mitch not to not to you know chirp you but you know you were a beginner you were in when when we got you and then, you know, oh, you yeah. worked your balls off. You knew what you had to do. Uh, and, you know, you played college hockey and you played a little bit of juniors. So, I mean, at, at the beginning of it, if you would have came to me, Mitch, and you were like, you know, I want to play junior hockey, I would have been like, you're out of your fucking mind. Like, not yeah. a chance. But, again, it all depends on on the dog. You know, Mitch worked his ass off, went to the 6 a.m. skates, put in the time, put in the work, school work too, which is, the biggest one and it, it worked out. So, I mean, 
it, yeah, all, it all, all varies. Would, sometimes I'd be looking back at my the pictures that my parents have from those 6 a.m. skates because at that point in time, I wasn't able to drive by myself. <laughs> so um, looking back at it and just seeing, like, the growth is just – it's remarkable. And, like, how do you – like, after you see yourself from when you started at playing juniors at 15 and then ending your junior career at 20, 21, like, how did that growth look to you at least? Because I we all know – we know you played playing D3 – and has and have a stint in the pros so that growth how do you think how do you see yourself with it uh for myself personally i played juniors too early i thought you know it was great um that i was there it was a cool accomplishment all my buddies were happy for me my my parents were happy for me but in retrospect i think i went to juniors too early uh you know academic wise uh growing up wise just because you move away from home you know you're on your own you know you have a build family but they're not going to wipe your ass every time you need something and you know, i i wish i would have matured a little bit more in that way uh i thought things were going to be handed to me early just because i was you know a good hockey player in a good league but uh it I took a few knocks in my junior career where it was, you know, my ego took a big hit. I'm like, you know, maybe I'm not as good as I am, you know, how as good as I think I am. So, you know, the development was kind of like a roller coaster, but towards the end it, you know, I think it worked out a little bit. At what point did you realize like, maybe I'm not as good as I am? Um, when you're playing against guys that are making uh, uh, millions of dollars, you know, in the NHL now and a couple of years after you play against them. But, uh, you know, everybody gets humbled at, at one point for me, I didn't consider myself an arrogant kid. I thought, you know, I was pretty mild mannered and, you know, and humble, but you know, you always have that itch in your head. Like, you know, I'm better, I'm better than these guys. And then you go up against these guys and you realize these guys can play. And that's what happens when you play at a high level. Yeah, there would be moments of the six games case where I just walk up to Dom and be like, "Can I be you?" And then this guy, and he would just go, "I'm not good." I'm like, I, I go, "You walk me every time." My jock strap still hanging from the rafter of the aviator at six in the morning. It's still hanging up there. It's still hanging up there. Like I still haven't gone there to take him down. So, Mitch never will get a jersey retirement. His jock strap lives forever. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's my jersey retirement. My jock strap hanging from the rafters. Now, hey, Matt, uh, those few, go for it. Matt, those few times that I scored on you, your jersey should be retired up there with your with your jock strap. So, I get my jersey and jock strap retired. Me too. <laughs> you gotta be. You gotta <laughs> not be banned from the rink to get your jersey retired. I can play more than five games. I think the helmet should be uh, banned. Uh, up in. Hey, the, Dom. Dom, uh, I like bringing this up as much as possible. If you didn't know, Ethan actually holds a NA three record. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he I do. he was a minus four in a minute and a half. No I shit. Yeah. The green three, jacket. Actually. Minus three. <laughs> and then Dom, same shift, they got knocked out. Oh, oh right yeah, up. he he got yeah. murdered. And yet he's still complaining it's not his fault. What happened? No, I said I said we're 50-50 now. He got he got Suey passed between the legs, but he had his head like tucked into his ass, and the kid just <laughs> blows him up in, in the middle of the ice. Phil Garcia took a look over it and um, determined that it definitely was a penalty. 
Have a but, shift, Ethan. Have a shift. <laughs> That's probably the best shift of my career. Shifts ice time. Ethan ice time that game equals your regular shift. Honestly. So now, how about uh, you tell everybody a little bit about your time at St. Norbert's? Yeah, St. Norbert was a lot of fun. Um, I, after uh, the junior aviator, I went back to the junior aviators my 20 bomb year after I got cut from the OSHL. And at that point, I was like, I didn't get a Division One scholarship or e- even one that, you know, would have worked for me. And at that point, I'm like, fuck it, go home, play with, you know, at that time, all my buddies were still on the junior aviator team for uh, uh, what league was that? The NA3E. And, yeah. you know, I was just going to go back and have fun because at that point, I wasn't having fun playing <laughs> hockey um, in the USHL at that point just because, you know, Guys are moving up. Guys are uh, playing Division One, playing the NHL. Got these young kids getting drafted, and I was like, you know, it's it's probably not for me. So I went back home. Uh, it was at 2016, and I just, you know, just wanted to have fun. And then uh, June prior to that uh, school year, St. Norbert called. Never heard of them. Didn't know where they were. I said, yeah, sure, I'll show up. I didn't even know where Wisconsin was when they told me it was Wisconsin. <laughs> I had to look it up. You tried um, out for the, yeah. wait, yeah. wait, you tried out for the gamblers and you still didn't know what Wisconsin was. Yeah, dude. I was actually in the state of Wisconsin, but I didn't know where it was five years later. <laughs> it's all right, Dom. We we've known school hasn't been your uh, your strong suit. There's hey, a- hey, I got hey, I, I got hey, through it. I got all, the, all four years you uh, avoided any geography class. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but yeah, I uh you know St. Orbit was a lot of fun. Um uh, it was a great program to go into, you know, three out of the four years uh, we were in the tournament, uh, NCAA tournament, won it my sophomore year, uh, you know, semifinals my junior year, but we didn't make it my senior year, which was the COVID year a couple of years ago. But uh, it was a great place to play. You know, I, I loved I loved the Midwest. So uh, it was a great time. And because, you know, I was able to go to a school like that, I was able to hop into pro. Uh, right away. What well, what was the atmosphere like at the games in college? Because at Burks, we didn't really we we would re- occasionally get a good amount of fans, but I can only imagine how it would be at D three level. So how was it at St. Norbert's with the atmosphere there, walking in, getting on the ice, and seeing people that you know we have we have classes with even. Yeah, it was it was definitely really cool. Um, we had the students. It was a uh, it wasn't a full bowl arena. It was like uh, three fourths. So behind the bench, it was just a wall. So in front of you, you had, you know, behind the net, both nets, and then behind the uh, opposite side of the rank had stands. And they were always packed. Uh, St. Norbert's been around for like 30 something years, I think. And uh, in that time, they won four national championships. So they built up a pretty good resume before I got there. And um, even though you yeah, had no clue where they were, but no clue where <laughs> what the state was, but yeah, it was it was a good atmosphere. You know, a lot of the games were packed out, uh, full houses, and especially when we played like Stevens Point, uh, Wisconsin, and Adrian in warmups, they were packed, and our student section was already buzzing. They're all hammered, screaming at the other team in warmups. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> um, during your your stint over at St. Norbert's, were, what were 
when you were in a slump, how would you get over it? Or what would you do to your routine that you do differently? Because I know guys that are superstitious and all that. I don't know you as a hockey player much. I've never seen you play really, except for that one game in Aston PA. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know your routine or anything. So just walk us through that a little bit. Yeah. um, I think I personally think superstitions are really dumb, really stupid. Thanks, uh, because the the only person that could throw off your game faster than anyone is yourself. And, you know, when you're in a slump, you know, that's the golden question. Like, everyone wants to know the answer to that. What do I do to get out of this, you know, this hole? And the real answer is, like, no one really knows. You just keep doing what you're doing. You know, you, you start switching things up at the wrong time. In my opinion, you know, obviously – you know, guys have different opinions. That's perfectly fine. But, you know, superstitions aside, it's all in your head. Like, the only way you can play better is to put your head down and fucking do it. I mean, there's there's not a real golden ticket towards it. I mean, you know, I don't I don't have the uh, the ingredients, but if you guys have a, an idea, I'm all ears, so... Um, I, I really I don't think anyone has the ingredients for that. It's I think it's just like whatever works for you. And clearly clearly it has been working for you for, for quite some time. So a two on the road was always my go-to. But um <laughs> <laughs> a two on the road to ten at home, so now Dom, do you have <laughs> do you have any uh, stories you could tell from your college career? <laughs> Oh. That, I don't know. Chuckle. I don't that think. So. Honestly, I don't think. You don't uh, got to worry about safe sport like uh, me and Phil. So you could be, <laughs> feel free to say anything you want. Oh God, I don't know. You might, you might have to come back to me on that. There's, <laughs> there's been too many crazy stories. That thankfully, of, I was a part of, and some not a part of. But of know. which that you could remember, because I, I would assume that most of them include you being absolutely hammered. Uh, God, they're all R-rated. I don't know if I can indulge. <laughs> Your pro, pro yeah. career just hangs on the balance. It's all right, man. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to sewer the guys in Saint Norbert anyway. Like just in case, <laughs> like someone gets whiffed this. I don't want to sewer them because I know a bunch of them still. But yeah, it was college, as you guys know, you know, it's a fun time. Usually, when there's drinking, crazy shit happens. So, oh yeah. Now, all four of us have definitely lived on a bus for a good majority of our teenage and adult lives so far. You got any um, good stories or just memories from those long bus rides? Uh, a lot of card games. Uh, what else? I mean, our bus driver in college was the most fearless driver i've ever seen in my life because wisconsin <laughs> brutal with the snow the blizzards you know the up of michigan uh chicago just brutal this the guy mi- would throw 80 miles an hour down the <laughs> highway when there's cars pulled off to the side and there's a bus full of hockey players it was like <laughs> you admired it but at the same time like this guy's a fucking nut job but definitely yeah. I, I remember those times more where i was just scared looking at the front of the bus now, obviously, Wisconsin and Montana different but similar. So, where did you sit on the bus? 
Uh, in in college and junior. Yeah. Well, when I was a rookie and I was a freshman, you always sat like the very front by the coaches. But over time, you get closer and closer to the back. And I'm a guy who always pisses on the bus. So towards the later part of my junior career and when I was a junior and senior, I was all the way in the back. Did you have did you have to do the the gauntlet every time someone had to go take a piss or you had to go take a piss in the bus? Yeah, yeah, it's funny. It's you think like you'd outgrow that after juniors. They did it in college, and then they did it in pro a little bit, which I thought was hilarious. Where you had to play rock, paper, scissors with like 10 guys to take a piss, and a lot of the guys, a lot of time, guys lost. So, I mean, the thing was, I think it was at Burks where none of the guys knew the gauntlet, and there were like two or three guys that actually played juniors that knew what it was. And I'm just kind of like, you guys that implemented it, and they go, no, no one knows what it is. I'm like, all right, that's weird, but it. Even in juniors, like the guy, it, it would go so hard. The guys could just give up and just wait the extra four hours to go take a piss. Okay. Dude, yeah. That's I've seen it so too many times. My third year of juniors, I was playing for the Whalers and we're on a bus trip to Boston. This one kid, I felt so bad for him. There was only five vets. He had, he had a pee and he was a rookie. So he had to play us five in rock, paper, scissors. This kid went an hour and a half playing us before he could take a piss. I felt I feel so like it's bad. mathematically impossible to lose like that many times in an hour and a you half. Know, you you would think I threw out rock every goddamn time, and this kid still couldn't fucking figure it out after a while. Don't know. I was trying. To, I t- I told him, "Yo, dude, you better not lose this one. It's obviously what I'm gonna do." I throw down rock. This kid still goes scissor. I'm like. Okay. <laughs> but it's fun though. Those bus rides, you know, I, I was I was lucky enough to be a part of those bus rides for seems like so many years but as you guys know i mean that's where you get to know guys and that's where you make a lot of memories because there's nowhere else to go except you know go talk to each other so it's always a good time did you have to do rookie karaoke throughout hmm. your career uh i was actually super lucky that i never had to do it uh in juniors, it was a big thing to get shoe checked oh, uh, at dinner exactly. where guys would crawl on their hands and knees with a, a butter knife and, and ketchup on the end of it. What? Will you guys play beep beep on a Jeep or sing karaoke? Uh, like after you got shoe checked? Yeah. No, you'd have to stand up in the restaurant, stand on the chair and, and sing in front of oh, the whole see, restaurant. See, our guys got three choices. You could do beep beep on a Jeep, which you got to we usually only do it at this one Applebee's because they have like a kind of track around the bar and you got to get on your hands and knees, push a ketchup packet and look up at every single person oh, when Jesus you pass them and go, Jeep, Jeep, I'm a Jeep. And you got to go around the entire track. That's, that sucks. <laughs> That's a lot. The other Jesus. two is obviously karaoke or you could propose to a waitress or waiter, whatever the coach. How do you choose. not do karaoke? That's like the easiest thing to do. Dude, you'd be amazed how many guys are scared now to do karaoke. Like I saw beep beep on my Jeep three times this season. Good God. <laughs> well, Matt, when I was with your team, I think we went to. We'll say Wyoming. Yeah, maybe. And I, I this was like my first week. And they told me what it was. I did not believe it until I saw it. So, you know what? I made sure I sat where they couldn't get me. Oh, yeah. When you go out to a team dinner, 
seating is key. Like you got to pick a strategic spot where you know you're not getting suit checked. And I did rookie idol, and rookie, rookie spelling bee. That's what I did. You did rookie spelling bee. I did. I don't remember that one. I did. Uh, did it with uh, aviator. I think I think what song I did. So Dom, what what's um what's your plan now? Like, are you still gonna continue with pro? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think last year taking the the year off. Well, it, I told I in my head I'm like I'm taking the year off, but you know, at that at that point last year during COVID, I was like, you know, I'm probably gonna hang it up here, and uh, you know did the adult thing get out in the real world got uh got a job and then um i think it was july or august i got a call from the sphl and they asked me if i wanted to play i'm like yeah sure why not you know and, and i went into pro this year without any training or skating i skated maybe three times and even though i was i was dying absolutely dying this year condition wise uh you know, I, I thought I did okay, considering the amount of training that I had this summer. So in my head, I, I think uh, if I get a full summer's worth of training in of skating and I'm committed to it, I I think I can, you know, hang around a little better than I did this year. So the plan is to hopefully play another couple of years in the ECHL or maybe higher if I'm, you know, if I'm lucky. Have you thought of anything you're going to do once you hang them up? Uh, not really. Um, I mean, at this point, like I said, I got, I got a, 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 another job, which I did full time on the side this year while playing the ACHL, which was an absolute grind and a half. I do not recommend to anybody, <laughs> but, um, tell me about it. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, post hockey, uh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, right now I work at a software company, uh, construction company software. So, just doing that and seeing where it leads me, not not thinking about it too much, and we'll get to the bridge when we get to it. Now, what do you think the most influential person was on your career? Probably Big John, I think. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, growing up, we growing up, it was me, my brother, my dad, and my mom. Uh, my I, she's my stepmom but she you know i call her mom she uh, yeah. basically raised us you know it was tough it was tough growing up um being in brooklyn being a dad who's who's a you know nypd officer uh when my when my mom uh wasn't around uh in a good chunk of those years it was just us three and you know it it takes a lot of balls to to be able to raise two kids while work in a city job that potentially gets you killed every day as you know, as you know now, but uh, always someone to to either you know give you a kick in the ass or a pat on the back, tell you how it is, even if you don't want to hear it. Um, you know, obviously, my dad. You know, most parents are very influential to their kids, but uh, having a guy like my dad been through what he's been through in his life and kind of uh, give us the best of what me and my brother had up until this point, you know, I can easily say, you know. He's the biggest part. What? So knowing that your dad has been in the NYPD, do you have memories of him, of you being with him while he's cop, like as he's on duty or something like that? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, when he couldn't drive me to school as a kid, he'd have his buddies come and drive me. So a cop car would pull in front of the house and he had this little kid, five years old, jumping in the back doing that, which is pretty. Oh, I was such a badass when I pulled up. Oh, oh, holy tire pump. But, what did uh, this kid do before class? Yeah, the kid's a fucking badass, too. But, uh, pulling up to school in the cop car, just walking out with like. Everybody's everybody's on the jungle gym. This kid's popping out of a cop car real quick. Yeah, get my Nobody collar popped with collar him. popped and sunglasses on too. But uh, nobody's yeah. fucking with this kid. Yeah, like you know when when my dad had to work, you know nights and you, you couldn't find anyone to watch me. And my brother, we went to the to the precinct uh, on uh, Flatbush Avenue, Highway Two, and we'd be there around all the guys in the lounge, and you know we're just kids running around a police station like. That, that's just how you know it was for us and it was pretty cool because my dad was uh in the motorcycle unit so we got to see all the motorcycles which was pretty sick uh, i i could you know my dad's you know in the fire department and you know he's always running around the uh his fire station yeah you know he picked me up in the ambulance sometimes you know <laughs> and yet yet again when he was you know working the overnight you know he'd have someone you know take me or even you know one of the Fathers on the other hockey team, on um, well, on the hockey team, you know, Grammy. So it's all usually like one big family team. Yeah, and that's that's another thing is we, you know, we did give get a lot of help from a lot of people in the hockey world in Brooklyn. So, like you said, you know, especially the the community in Brooklyn for hockey people is pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. What time. do you think? What do you think is one of the most important things for kids growing up now to focus on when trying to get to that next level? Oh, that's a hot topic because, you know, I it was it was a little different. I sound like an old person, but it's a little different. <laughs> I mean, hockey's definitely changed. Uh, Dude, it's different from when I played now, and I, I only stopped playing two years ago. It's I call it Instagram hockey. I think that's what all the kids are playing. All the kids want to, you know, do the Michigan. They want to do fucking between the legs, all the shit on Instagram that you can't get away from, I think. It's the skills progressed, but you know, it's you. I don't know if you want to hear my take on it, but I, I actually really do. For someone at the, you're you're playing pro, so you obviously have made it farther than me, Ethan and Mitch. But like, I coach right now, so I'm always looking for advice for kids coming up. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it, it to give you perspective of like you said, it's only been two years and it's different, you know. 10 years ago, I was 16 going to the USHL. And at that time, uh, there was, you know, way more fights, way more bench brawls, way more goalie fights. Uh, the game was tougher. Uh, the game was grittier. But at the same time, there still was a lot of skill, but skill in the right areas. You know, now it, it's crazy. Uh, someone goes behind the net, tries the Michigan. You know, I'm not saying that kid should, you know, pay the consequence for it. But if you're not looking over your shoulder after you do it and have no worries, like that's that's kind of a alarming to me. That so like, do you think there should be more toughness in the game? A little bit. I mean, the the game it's it's not it's not that far away from us. Even though you know I bitch complain that it's going in a different direction, it's not that far away. I mean, it, that's still in the game now. Uh, I wouldn't say in in, uh, in the USHL in juniors. I think it it's kind of more AAA like, 
than yeah. juniors is when I played. Uh, just because there's no fighting. You fight, you get tossed out of the game. Like uh, in pro, in pro, I like to joke around that pro hockey and like the ECHL is like the NHL was in the 90s. Like it is just the craziest uh, experience you can have because you still have heavyweights in every team, enforcers, yeah. guys who are there specifically to fight. Uh, they're walking the red line. There's like seven times this year that a brawl almost broke out in warmups. And it, it happened twice where it went viral on like Barstool and spin chicklets between both teams that I actually played for Jacksonville, South Carolina. But, you know, it's, it's a grittier game. They, you know, they call it the jungle because it's fucking wild, but uh, it's, it's definitely a weird perspective, but the game's not that far away from us. I think that way too many people have an opinion on Instagram and Twitter you know, and they want to crucify this guy, crucify that guy, tell you what they think is right. But I don't want to go on a tangent on it because you guys will be here for another two hours. <laughs> I got one more question for you. The, obviously, it's a hot topic right now. Keith Yanzo, do you think they should have sat him? No, absolutely not. What a disgrace. Because I get it. I, you get both sides. You have to. You know, they, they promise these young kids game. Actually, I just listened to a, a couple of clips of this today, so I, I know the answers off the top of my head. But you get both sides. They promised these young college kids that they were going to get games, which is nothing wrong with that. Uh, Yandel hasn't had a great year, unfortunately. But at the same time, the Flyers aren't playing for the Stanley Cup this year. It's 11 games. Yeah, you know, the, it's, the fans bitch about it, but... You know, us as fans, we're not in the locker room. You know, right. We don't know what these guys think. What, what, why don't they ask the guys in the locker room what they think? They'd say, you know what, let them play the 11 games. So, And if you ask one of the rookies that got, got into his spot there, I bet you he would have said, let him get it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, what is 11 games to uh, an organization that struggled the past couple of years? And, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of us – would have liked to see him break the 1,000 games. If he was a complete liability on the ice, then I would understand, like, obviously, if this was Mark Stahl back when he was on the Rangers and they set him to break a streak, I would have been fine with it. (laughs) That's another hot topic because everyone crucified Mark Stahl, but he was actually great. He was great for the Rangers. He was great, but he near the end, he was becoming a liability out there. Yeah, I I mean, if if it wasn't for the money he was making, he definitely would have had a sweeter send-off, but... Oh, if he was if he wasn't a top paid defenseman, definitely. But for what he was and what he was producing, like y- Yandel is making the bet minimum. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't like they're paying him thirty million this season. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I think they should have played him. But who am I? I'm just a fat guy on the couch watching NHL. Fair enough. And on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and on a podcast with five listeners. <laughs> Hey, it's yeah, gonna be your career is soaring right now, buddy. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, so are ours. <laughs> As uh, I accepted I it right away and people. went straight into the coaching world. I knew where my career was going. I'm not too far behind you. You got a couple good ones left. Calling it, Coach Juniors, man, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I know your dad might <laughs> tell you to go the other way right now. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't it's want to funny. hear that. It's funny. I actually called him a couple of days ago to ask advice. 
Just was it, was it good advice? Yeah, he helped me a lot actually. Where is what is Mitch doing right now? M- uh, Mitch, Mitch is, goes in his car. Yeah, Mitch likes to uh, run errands while doing the podcast. All right. Yeah, All right. no, because sometimes sometimes it lands at a, at a point where I'm just kind of like, oh shit, I gotta do this too. So um, yeah, we're 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 working while we're while we're talking with the boys. So that's how we always do it here. See, Dom, the funniest part is Mitch sets the time. Yeah. He sets the time for all these podcasts and he always ends up having to do something in the middle. Love of that. Love that. Hey, it's we the commitment. What can I say? It's commitment. We could have done this earlier just so you could have, you know, not been driving while doing the podcast. <laughs> it's 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 don't worry about it. Boys, don't Mr. Law Enforcement over here got pulled over today. What'd you do? It was uh I don't know. I guess I was speeding. You probably were. You? No, come on. No, no. That's crazy. Ethan still says he's not to blame for his accident. No. <laughs> I'm not. That was not my fault. You, 100% you were speeding. In Marine Park? Not a yes. shot by the school. You not could. a shot. I would, I would not speed by the school. Not a shot. I am not that dumb to speed by Cap. school. Cap. Ethan, I, I Ethan please, don't, please don't go there with you saying I'm not that dumb. Okay, but we know I would never speak. Sa- same kid who asked if he was asexual. He asked me if he's asexual. That's at St. Edmund education right there. And then has Don't get any of us started on the St. Edmund education. <laughs> his dad works in the FDNY, and this kid still has the audacity to ask, how many states do we have? 45? Stop. Joking, Dom. Jo- Dom, we need, to, we need to take some geography classes. Everyone Dom, knows there's like 47. It's 25, obviously. <laughs> no, we live on the Eastern Continent, boys. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Christ. Ethan believes we're on the Eastern Continent. Not coast, continent. I'm joking. No, no, you were not. No, you were not. Ethan, I've seen your girlfriend look at you in disbelief. So, so doesn't everyone? <laughs> You're looking at me right now. <laughs> that disbelief look. That's our normal look to you, by the way. D- Dom doesn't even have video when we know what his look is right now. If we if we get his dad over here, he would probably have like a sit down with me and explain to you everything that's wrong with you. Wait, with me? No, if you're if uh your dad would. Oh yeah, probably. How your dad has so had so many sit downs with me, like explaining to me every little part. Um, it, that talks probably like an hour and a half, but Minimum. with Ethan, with Ethan, it's probably gonna be like a solid two days. <laughs> no, he's had a few talks with me before. He, he's put me in line before, and they still haven't worked. No, I, I guess not. <laughs> hey, Dom, is Big John around? He is, he's upstairs watching the Islander game right now. Ah, I'm not going to interrupt him during that. Never mind. I was going to tell you, bring him down, get him on, but I'm not going to interrupt the man during a game. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not like... a Ranger game, so. Doesn't matter. I don't feel like getting chewed out. <laughs> hey, he, he's, he, he'll try. I think he'll try and make a guest appearance one one time here or there. We got to get big. We got to get him on this podcast. I'm sure that would be a great hour. It's funny. I think all of us at one point has been ripped apart. By him, at oh, one point absolutely. in time. 
the one of the I, funniest things <laughs> your dad, the one of the funny things your dad's ever told me, was before like my first junior game for Aviator. I come to and go, I need I need some like motivational talk. He goes, just don't suck. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> I go, I I just go, thanks. That's that's a text <laughs> I get from my brother now, like. Uh... <laughs> In the ECHL as a pro, I'm getting text from my brother going, try not, try not to suck tonight. Like, all right, cool. <laughs> I mean, I, I've seen John just rip kids apart. I, I've seen him make a kid cry. He didn't even say anything that was that bad. <laughs> he can look at you I, the wrong way and just scare the hell out of you. No, that's yeah. not a new practice. is not going to be good. <laughs> just the way he was, just, just the way he looked. Too many times to count where he's looked at me the wrong way, and I just knew I just fucked up. Just you get you get that feeling that your gut feeling. You're like, oh fuck. This times you don't even got to turn around. You just know he's there. Yep, yep, exactly. And like to this day, every time I I talk to to John, every, it's just like he still tells me you should have played for me when you were when you were 16. I'm like, don't blame me. I got cut. So I didn't get much of a choice. I think that was the year I got cut from like every team on Long Island. Mitch, that, that was every that was every year. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Mitch is the kid who can't make the ice cats. I made the ice cats. <laughs> the single. You misspelled the. No, double A. Somehow, some way, oh. I made double A. Hey, I was a fourth was... line in my entire career, and I've accepted the facts. All that hey. single A, double A, triple A, all that, it doesn't It doesn't matter. It means shit. No. It means absolute no. shit. Not, we we everyone all ended up in league at one point. Every, everyone wants to play triple A and do this and say and put it in their Instagram bio. It's like, no. I, I, was, I, I played was single cool. A and double A my whole life. Like, it doesn't matter. That's funny. Like kid, kids ask me when I like call. They're like, "Hey, I I played double A. You sure?" I was like, "Yeah, man. It doesn't matter. Like at the end of the like, day, you're still playing hockey, and if you show you can play at a high level, it doesn't matter where you're playing." I've seen single A kids play better than some triple A kids, and I'm just and when I coach kids, I'm just kind of like, "Bro, it doesn't really matter where you play as long as you have the drive and want to get better. That's all that matters." Because there are some triple A kids that are content with where they are now, and they're you just not you're not gonna see them get anywhere. You can't teach hard work, and you could see it in kids now. Yeah, especially the ones who don't have as much skill. You could see if they want to work hard to get there. Yeah. <laughs> so right, Dom, but- going back, Dom, going back to the question, what was your favorite college memory? Wait, hold on, Dad. Hey, come here. Look at that. Look at that. Um, uh, that two and one right now. Thing with uh, Matt Manilia, Mitch, and Ethan Fanaro. It's like a podcast thing. They want you on the mic. <laughs> coach Sacco, how are we doing? Hey, guys. Hey, what's going on? Hey. Hey, Coach. How are you? Good, good. I'm in a, I'm in a kilt right now. Oh, that's attractive. Yeah, it's, it's a Scottish thing. Irish, too. What's going on, boys? Not much. We Not were just much. Uh, talking to Dom about his hockey career and just getting uh, a little more information about him. And one thing he did say is one of the most influential persons on him was you. 
And oh. I think all three of us could kind of agree with the Thank same. You. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're making my head get big. <laughs> I think I think we all can say that you were you helped us in every aspect through hockey, through life, just everything. Whatever any problem we had, we just came to you. Oh, I'm always here, no matter what hockey or not, you know. So I mean, I but, came to you what two weeks a week ago. A week what? ago, yeah. <laughs> yep. Listen, it's it's like being in a family, you know. It's a big. Uh, dysfunctional, uh, wacky hockey family, you know, and we all, we're all the same, really. You know, it's just I'm a little bit older and actually I'm a lot older <coughs> and uh, we're experienced. So you're not you a got, day over 30, right? I wish. I was going to say, I was going to say 25. <laughs> oh, okay. That's even better. I got, <laughs> I got underwear that's older than that. The, the uh, what do you call it? You know, it's, I'm not finished. So, I mean, you know, whatever you guys need, I'm always around. Now, Coach, I, 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 I want to ahead, ask, what was, what, what was your – what made you get into hockey? Uh, I played – it was actually a buddy of mine, Richie Galvin, who I saw recently. And uh, I see him skating down. You know, we used to skate with the, with the quads, not like the inline skates like today. And uh, so I was coming back from the store because in those days you had to go to the store, you know, being the youngest and with a list of food they had to buy and blah, blah, blah. And I'm coming back with two giant bags of groceries and I was only little. And I see him skating down the block from where we live. And you know, it's like, what's going on? What are you doing? So I'm going to go play hockey. I says, really? He goes, yeah. You want to learn how to play? I says, yeah. And then he started saying, did you watch the Ranger game last night and all of this kind of stuff? And he got me into it and I practiced and I played and I played up until uh, my mid-teens, which I went in another direction. But when I'm coming back at 20 and I just always loved the game. I knew I wasn't going to go anywhere with it, but, um, you know, I started to learn and meet more people along the way, which is a good thing. You know, you're always meeting people that, uh, are influential and so forth and so on. And, you know, I had kids and my late wife, she wanted the, the, you know, our children to have the same opportunities that I did playing sports. And uh, so I had, you know, got her into it. And uh, Rob was born and he played at a young age. And then Dom came along and watched myself and Rob playing. And, you know, he's, Robert, I had to teach how to play, how to skate. Dom just watched. You know, as a three-year-old, he'd be sitting in front when we had a you know VHS at that time. One tape after the next, he'd be watching, just watching how they played. So, you know, he started very young. And, uh, you know, I continued, just got more involved. And the next thing you know, I was at uh, Staten Island at the Pavilion. And uh, some guy asked me, he goes, you know how to skate? He said, could you come out and give me a hand with the, the house league? And I said, yeah, I guess so, whatever you need. And I went out. And after a while, he stopped showing up. So I was the coach. And I had to learn. You know, I learned from the bottom up, which is good. I'm still learning, you know. And I've had some great people along the way that helped me out. Guys like uh, Casatanoff, the Corrado brothers, uh, Sergey Simonov, 
uh, Jill Villamure, Pete Stemkowski, and on and on and on. All these guys, NHL guys, AHL guys, East Coast guys, European guys. And I learned from them. And whatever I learned from them, you know, I, I went and met more people. And you go to the seminars and you sit with, uh, you know, coaches from all over the world. It's incredible. Um, I had the opportunity to, to have a conversation with uh, Ludek Bukash, who was the Czech national coach. And uh, I learned a lot from him in the hour that I sat and chatted with him. You know, coaches at, at the higher levels are always willing to talk. They're always willing to pass on what they know. And, you know, it's, it's almost a lifetime because I've been doing this over 30 years. So, now, Coach, I got uh, two questions for you. Yes. One going off, what is your uh, favorite memory from coaching? And the second is, who's the most influential person in your life? Uh, the, the greatest moment that I've had was uh, was when we won. We were in the IJHL, the first year of juniors I coached. And we had Dom, uh, Tyler Steimel, and James LaGlisi, who were all 16-year-olds. And I put the three of them out in overtime against 20, 19 and 20-year-olds. And we won the game. They won the game for us. And that was a great moment to share not only with my son but other kids that i coached for quite a long time um the most influential person in my actually people in my life have been my parents and my eldest brother-in-law who's uh, celebrating his 86th year on the face of the earth this year he was very influential you know he was always that guy because i never had an older brother i had three older sisters so you know in he was always much older and he was always there and he was always the, the voice of reason, you know? So I learned, I learned a lot from, from that, you know, life, life in general is, uh, I hate to use a bad pun, both my former profession, but life is a highway. You know, you could choose to get on the egg, the entrance ramp and stay on, and absorb as much as you can. You could choose to get off the next exit. That's your choice. So, but, you know, I'm fortunate. I, I always feel like I'm blessed with the people that I coach, the opportunities that, I, that I'm able to enjoy. Um, so I've started a new adventure this year. I'm coaching girls hockey as well as boys hockey. So, you know, it's, it's different. Um, but it's, it's just as rewarding. It's incredible. You know? And Coach, Coach, one last question before, before we end this for tonight. But do you feel like you have any regrets from over your entire career, well, from the first moment you started learning about hockey up until now? Have there been any moments where you're just like, why am I doing this? Is there a real reason as to why? Like when you get into your slumps and you just don't know how to get out of them? Well, absolutely. I mean, I've got had more frustrating and, you know, uh, moments. I mean, they never stop. You know, you have things where you have kids that uh, play for you and you care a lot about them and you see something happens, you know, something bad or tragic happens. It's a heartbreak. Um, but it's, you know, you understand it. It's part of life. And, you know, whenever you're dealing with the human 
the human germ or whatever you want to call it. It's, you know, you're going to experience these things. Um, it's frustrating to me when I, when I have to deal with parents who have no um, knowledge, real knowledge of the way things go and the way things should be run. Um, I try to educate the parents as much as possible, but there's always that one that knows, knows more and knows better. And, you know, it's, it's like, listen, what we do is a microcosm of real life or real life scenarios and situations. We, you know, we have everything that a normal, <laughs> what I would call a normal life would entail. So it's, you know, but again, it's one bad thing could never ruin a thousand great things. And on that note, I think we're going to end it. I want to thank Tom Sacco and coach John Sacco for coming on the podcast with us. Thank, thank you for coming on. We do appreciate Every, it. Boys, give them a round of applause. All right. So I'm Matt. That's Ethan, Mitch, John, and Frankie ain't here, but we want to say thank you to everybody for listening. This is the boys of 7 Have a great day, everybody.